Pete, we are so happy to have everybody with us worshiping the Lord this morning. If you're, if you're new with us, I hope you know that you're, you're welcome. We, are, we know that God brought you here, and wh- whatever reason that you came, we know that the Lord has you with us today, and we love you, and we're thankful for you, and uh, we, we trust that uh, God has something for you as well today. And uh, Just so you know, all of us pastors have our, our cell numbers on the back of this bulletin. If there's anything that we could do for you throughout the week, just reach out to us, and we'll do our best to walk with you in any way that we can. We've got a few things coming up this week. There will be no, uh, no Wednesday night dinner and no Wednesday night Awanas, but we will have a Wednesday night service. So come at 6 o'clock, and it uh, should be a good time of worshiping together. Then uh, on, on Saturday, we have the men's breakfast up at the chapel up here at 7.30. If you haven't been to one of our men's breakfasts, you should think of coming. It's a, it's a great time. Uh, all the men just get together and eat an egg and uh, just pray and spend some time together. So we'll like five eggs and some bacon. But anyway, it's a great time, and I, I hope you should come if you can at 7.30 on Saturday up in the chapel up there. And then speaking of eggs, we need a bunch of hard-boiled eggs I'm glad they're not like $100 a dozen anymore. We need like a bunch of hard-broiled eggs and individually wrapped candy for our Easter egg hunt in a couple of Saturdays. So we have an Easter egg hunt here at the church, and we invite, uh, we're going to try to invite like a couple thousand people to it. So if a small percentage of them come, then it'll be really busy. So we need a lot of eggs and and a lot of candy. You can drop it off uh, to Ashton, uh, the eggs in the fridge and the candy down in front of the office there. There's a big basket that we need. But it's a great time. A lot of people come out from the community, and we have an Easter egg hunt here on the grounds for all the different ages. And it's a a good time for us to connect with people. And after the Easter egg hunt, we have a big chili cook-off in here. And I hope that you'll come and just be a part of that because we'll need people being a part of that to share the love of Christ to some of these people. Then uh, lastly, and we're, we're going to go out next week. We have a couple thousand of these invitations, and we want to just hand them out to the community. It's a, it talks about what's going to happen for the Good Friday service and the Easter egg hunt that I talked about and the chili cook-off. Uh, and then, of course, our, our Sunday uh, resurrection Sunday services. And we, we, we just really want to go out through our community and let people know that uh, they need Jesus and that we want them to come and worship Jesus with us. Uh, it's been really powerful going out with uh, Patrick L. Bogan on Thursday nights. Just We've just been going through the community, asking people if we can pray for them and handing out Bibles. And man, it's amazing how God has worked and moved in different people. I got to, just this lady just clung on to me, this elderly lady, as I was able to pray for her husband last Thursday. And she just held on so tight. And uh, she she knew that she needed to come, be part of us. And I, maybe she'll come. And I hope she does. We want people to come. We need people to come. And as, as uh, me and Connor, uh, the drummer there, we were walking back on Thursday nights. On uh, Thursday night, we were just talking about how, as a Christian, there's just nothing mundane in our life. There's not some, there's not routine. It's not just, oh, I'm going to this job or I, I'm going to this convenience store. Like God has a purpose for us in everything we do. And that purpose is to share Christ with people. So let's be about that purpose and uh, just consider going out with us next Sunday to hand these out and going out with us on Thursday nights at 530 and uh, going out to the places where you go and sharing Christ. Uh, On that note, let's stand up and worship the Lord. Oh, Lord. Thank you for being our God, Lord, that died on the cross, Lord, for us so that we can be free, Lord, free of, of this, God. And because of the freedom that you gave us, Lord, we can have joy, God, and be happy, Lord, and go out and tell others 
about you, Lord. Help others and walk with others, Lord. So I pray today that we would worship you with an unencumbered heart, Lord. And if there's stuff in our hearts that we need to give to you, Lord, pray that we'd give it to you right now, Lord, so that we can hear from you today and worship you in your house. And thank you for being our God. I love you. Amen. Let's read together. Second Corinthians, read with me. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Let's hear it in Spanish, Brenda. Bendito sea el Dios y Padre de nuestro Señor Jesucristo, Padre de misericordias y Dios de toda consolación. We indeed serve a Father of mercies, a God who begets mercies that look just like himself. Let's praise him for it this morning. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more, stronger than darkness, new every morn, our sins they are many, His mercy is more. What love could remember no wrongs we have done omniscient all-knowing he counts not their sum thrown into a sea without bottom or shore our sins they are many his mercy is more Patience would wait as we constantly know what Father so tender is calling us home. He welcomes the weakest, the vilest, the poor. Our sins are many, His mercy is more. Praise the
Let's stand and sing again. The name of Jesus is glorious. You're going to rejoice in it. received honor and glory from God the Father with an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And so we agree with our God the Father this morning, the majestic glory, and we praise the name of Jesus. Let's sing this again. And precious is your name, holy is your name, Jesus. 
Good morning. Let's worship together today, okay? Isn't God good? Let's be pray- prayerful. It was exciting to see, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 people here this morning praying during our Sunday school time. And it's always so important. We need to be prayerful before God. Today, I'd like us to pray for our witnessing here in town. Uh, Next week, we do get the opportunity after service to go out and give out um, invitations and to talk with people. You know, the main goal is really to talk with people. Just share with them. Um, Maybe even give your testimony and, uh, you know, invite people to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. He makes a difference in our lives. I was talking with one of our guys just before service, and he was telling how he shared the gospel with somebody this week, uh, somebody that had come to their shop, and they said, man, it's so peaceful here. And then he got the opportunity to share about how Christ gives that peace. And uh, that's what we need to do. So get out and share the gospel with people. God's going to open up doors to opportunities to, to share with them. So, so take advantage of those. A lot of times we miss it and we say, ah, oh, man, I should have shared. But let's do it. Let's pray. And let's pray for Portugal. My wife is over there and uh, we've got some teams going out this summer. Uh, one of our teams is going to Portugal. Uh, we've got 26 people on that team. Lord willing, we're going to have a a really good, fruitful time in ministry over there. And then there's the team to Africa, over to uh, Zambia. And that's a, a very good team as well. Let's pray together. Father, 
We're so excited just to be a part of your ministry uh, around the world. We get involved in missions in various places that you've opened doors to, and and we get to see firsthand what you're doing out there and reaching into people's lives. And it was good to hear from Chad about his daughter over in uh, Kenya and how they're going out. And they had 34 people uh, receive Christ this last week. And just so exciting to hear those kind of kind of things. Also, we we lift up our teams. They'll be going out this summer uh, to Portugal and to Zambia. I pray that you would do a mighty work. Raise up the uh, these people to go and, and provide for their needs. Uh, they all need uh, funds to buy their tickets and uh, and to be over there. So I just pray that you would provide. But most of all, that you would be glorified through this team or these teams that go out. And uh, for our Thursday night ministry, as we go door to door in this neighborhood, Lord, we've uh, been able to talk with quite a number of people and pray with people. And your word is going out. I pray that you, you would use those New Testaments to, to reach people for Christ. Father, we're, we're grateful for those who went through this week uh, uh, experiencing many different things, uh, from being hospitalized to uh, just working hard in their, in their work. Uh, we just ask that you would bless in all areas. We pray for our uh, Pastor Mike as he brings a message, as he opens up the scriptures to us today. I pray that the Holy Spirit be at, at work. Uh, give Pastor Mike the words to share with us. We're, we're, we love you, Lord, and we're just so, so happy to be a part of this church. As we take the offering now, uh, just may that be a, a form of worship as well. May we honor you in our tithes and offerings, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When the sun comes up, satisfy us, for the day has passed us by. Satisfy us with 
God poured out for sin on Jesus crucified. together from last week from the writer of Hebrews for if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling those who have been defiled sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh how much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God I love the question that's in there this is a great question for us to ask ourselves. And uh, this next song is just 
chock full of questions we should be asking ourselves too. So let's sing. kids you guys can go to super church third grade and under and good morning to everybody else how's it going glad you're here this morning you know that last song is an old song old old older than me old song and it uh it's got a great question it really is it's not a theoretical question are you washed in the blood of the lamb uh are your garments spotless are they white as snow that's a great question And it's not a theoretical question. It's not just this empty question without actual substance. And and that's good because 
this week we, we had one of our older members pass away, uh, Faye Dresser. Her family's here with us today, her son and grandson and his wife and boys. And, and uh, man, I love, I love knowing that somebody is trusted in Christ. Uh, Faye was uh, an incredible woman, a sweet woman, a classy woman. Um, she, was, she was as good to Beth and I, honestly, as anybody that I've known. Our husband, Gib, who passed away some time ago, same way, fantastic. People that blessed me, always blessed me. And uh, had a couple of times to go see her this week, and the last time was just up in ICU, and she was just by herself, just me in there with her, and and uh, she knew I was there. She opened her eyes, and you know, a couple different times when I was talking to her. But I, I just told her, I said, just you know, just rest. And uh, and I stood there with her for a while and talked to her, and then I prayed with her, and I just felt like before I left, I needed to just tell her, you know, it's okay, Faye, go on, you know, go see your Lord, go see Gib, you know, go see your family. And I told her, I said, go live, right? A death for us that know Christ is life, real life. You know, uh, the fae in that bed that day was not the fae that she wanted to be, quite honestly. Uh, Not the fae that I'm going to remember, for sure. I remember a different woman. But she's going to be better than I've ever remembered her. And I'm I'm really thankful for that. I don't know why I've been so emotional all day long. And uh, it's emotional to me, not Faye alone. Certainly that makes me emotional. Uh, While I know where she's at, I know how good she is. I also grieve a little bit because she was precious to us. But when we begin to talk about this truth, right, of life, of hope, of security, of this opportunity of knowing God, of knowing forgiveness, of knowing life eternal, this this truth of what God has done for us to to make a way for us to have a relationship with him. Uh, It's so emotional to me because it's so personal to me. Um, Man, I, I need him so much and... And what he's done for me has blessed me so much that I I can't read about what he's done for me and not be super humbled and not be super thankful. And if you know me, I don't know why, it just comes out in tears. So if I cry half as much this service as I did the first service, you'll be blessed. I cried too much in the first service and I don't even know why. But, But read with me this powerful passage of scripture out of Hebrews chapter 10 verses 1 through 18, and then let's try to just see the goodness of God in this. Verse 1 says, For the law, since it has only a shadow of good things to come and not the very form of things, can never, by the same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? Because the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have had consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there's a reminder of sins year by year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offering you have not desired, 
but a body you have prepared for me. In whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book, it is written of me to do your will. After saying above sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings, uh, and sacrifice, excuse me, after saying above sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you have not desired, nor have you taken pleasure in them, which, is, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. By this will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But he, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also testifies to us, for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them, after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws upon their heart, and on their mind I will write them. And he says, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. Pray with me, please. Lord, you're so good. And Lord, there's, there's nothing shallow about that statement. You're fully good. You're securely good. You're faithfully good. And you have shown your goodness and your love through your son, Jesus Christ, in the most amazing way. And I pray, Lord, that everyone here this morning would know Christ and know hope like Faye did. She knew you. She knows you. Her hope is now fulfilled. And I praise you for that, Lord. And I thank you for her and pray for her family. You'd minister to her, or to them, excuse me, Lord. And I pray that you'd minister to us. And those that don't know you, I pray that they'd be drawn to you today, that they might know true forgiveness, that they might know the depth of your love, that they might see that one day, Lord God, you're going to overcome. One day, there's going to be life for those who believe in you. And I pray you bless this time we have together. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So these last few weeks, we've been talking about just the old covenant and the new covenant. We've been talking about Christ is better than the old ways and honestly, I'm just going to kind of jump in this passage this morning because it's, it's so full of truth for us. And I, even the way it starts, for the law, since it is only a shadow of the good things to come and not the very form of things, can never by the same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make perfect those who draw near. Now, there's so many words in this passage of Scripture, so many different thoughts. I mean, you've got to know some things. Uh, and I don't know if I have time to put it all together today, but the truth be known is the, the important part of that verse is that they can never make perfect those who draw near. And really what he's talking about is the old covenant being the law, the keeping the rules, offering sacrifices, you know, the, 
the people would sin against God and God would require them to bring a goat or a, a lamb or a bull or a pigeon or a dove. I mean, if you were poor, you could bring a, a smaller animal that you could afford, if you will. But, but whatever it was, it was, it was pretty serious. I mean, that animal had to die on your behalf. And once a year, we talked about this last week, they would have the Day of Atonement where the whole nation had to come before God and they had to make a sacrifice for the high priest who would go into the actual holy place where only he was allowed to go in once a year. And then he would have to offer sacrifice for himself and then he would have to offer sacrifice for the people. But even all of those sacrifices and all of those works, if you will, even the high cost that he offered, they weren't enough. They weren't enough to make them acceptable. They weren't enough to make them fully acceptable. They'd be forgiven for the moment, but the picture was God was behind this curtain and this temple and this tabernacle, and only one guy once a year could go in there. The average Joe like me and like you couldn't go in there, and no matter what they did, it wasn't going to be enough. And while that doesn't seem to apply to us very well, it kind of does because, man, there's a... There's a ton of people today that are still trying to say, somehow I'm going to work my way to be acceptable to God. Maybe you're one of those people. Maybe you're one of those people that would tell me earnestly, I'm a good guy. I mean, I have people tell me that all the time. I'm a good person. I hear it repeatedly. And quite honestly, maybe you are, at least to you. Maybe you are to you a good person. Maybe you're a better person than me. That wouldn't take that much, to be honest with you. But maybe you're a better person than me, but who are you to God? Who are you to God? Are you going to stand before God on the day that you have to give an account for yourself and say to him, hey, I'm a good person, when he knows you've lied, you've been proud, you've been judgmental, you've been selfish, I mean, you've been greedy, you've been lazy, you've been a workaholic, uh, I, don't, I, I don't know. Uh, you can be whatever you want to be, but how are you going to stand before God and, and say, I've worked my way to the place where God, you should just accept me as I am. You see, the problem is, is that God's holy. Uh, he's perfect. And his standard for us is perfection. Now, that's a problem for me, and it's a problem for you. I mean, I'm not even close to perfect. Uh, it still shocks me how far from perfect I am. But the problem is, is that some of us, many of us, instead of saying, God's done something for me, it's been gracious and good, and I should just accept that and trust him, many of us are still pushing God aside. Are you pushing God aside? Because, you know, to walk close to God means more than just you know, like a ticket to heaven. To walk with God means you have to adjust your life to him, which, by the way, is pretty fantastic. And it's incredible. But most of us don't want anybody else telling us what to do. Right? You like people telling you what to do? I know. I know you don't. Just me. I like people telling me what to do. Beth tells me what to do all the time. And I just go, yes, dear. Right, honey? Yeah, see, told you. So we have this dilemma, but here's the dilemma, right? 
no matter what we do, we can't be made perfect by what we do. And, and I love what it says. Otherwise, verse 2, they would have ceased to be offered because the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have consciousness of sin. And then it says, but in those sacrifices, there's a reminder of sins year by year. And so what it's saying is if, if we could have attained under the old way of pleasing God, then those guys would have quit offering sacrifices, and you and I would have stopped trying to be good. We would have stopped trying to prove ourselves good enough to please God. But the truth of the matter is, is that our consciences were not clear because we still knew sacrifice, we didn't live up to God. And every time one of us says we're going to work harder and make ourselves a better person, we're actually saying to ourselves, well, we haven't gotten there yet. And because we're still working to be better, we're not going to get there yet, right? It's a reminder. Every time we say we're going to be better to please God, we're reminding ourselves that we haven't pleased God. Now, I, I get that some people honestly think, okay, I've, I've pleased God and I'm not working hard to please God. Well, you're in real trouble. Is all I got to say. Because you're just lying about who you are. Right? You're just lying about who you are. Because it doesn't take very much to figure out how many times we have failed just and fallen short. You know, sometimes I'm just talking to Beth about our life or our kids or what we've been through or the trials or the traumas or heartache or the hurts or the whatever. And man, these things just flood over my mind. Man, I fell short on that one. I screwed up on that one. And I was nothing but a wretch, nothing but a wretch on that one. I mean, it doesn't take much for me to, to admit that I have fallen short and, and all of us are the same way. But every time we realize that and we think, man, I'm going to do better this time, we're just saying again, I haven't done good enough. Isn't that right? And it says, honestly, verse 4, for it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. It's impossible for whatever sacrifices we're going to do on our own to remove our sin because we are not qualified. Right? The sacrifice that's going to be made for our sins has got to be greater value than I am or than you are or than anything else you sacrifice. It's got to be worth the sins of the world. And so he goes on and he says, verse 5, therefore when he comes into the world, and he's talking about Christ now, he says, sacrifice and offering you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you've taken, you've taken no pleasure then I said, before I've, gone, I've come, behold, I've come, and the scroll of the book is written of me to do your will, O God. And so, so now he's making a contrast, right? Here's the first part. You can't get there. You can't please God. There's no way to have sins taken away by the sacrifices that were offered or by the works that we do. So then Christ comes into the world and says, well, Lord, you didn't take any pleasure in those sacrifices anyway. They weren't going to be enough for you. They were just a shadow of things to come, which meant they were incomplete. They were insufficient. All those sacrifices they made, they made and they were ordained by God, but they were just there to show us that we needed something better. And so Jesus comes in the world and says, man, you didn't want those things. You didn't take any pleasure in those things because they could not wash away sin. They couldn't get it done. 
But he says, I love this, but a body you have prepared for me. And he says, and then he says, behold, I have come to do your will, O Lord. Now, that's pretty significant, to be honest with you. Because when he says a body you have prepared for me, what he's saying is that, you know, I was God. John 1 1 says, And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And here he's saying, Listen, you've prepared a body for me, the bodies of bulls and goats and lambs. That wasn't going to be enough for you, so you, you made a way for men and women to be forgiven, and that was for God to become a man and then offer himself up as a sacrifice. Matter of fact, it says in Matthew 1, 21 through 23, talking about the birth of Christ, it says, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So here in this passage of scripture, man, this writer is saying God did something to satisfy the requirement for sin. It couldn't be met by the old sacrifices, but God prepared a body for the Son of God to become a man, Emmanuel, God with us, and that's the sacrifice. Now, I know sometimes we kind of get confused about that, but I want you to think about that. I want you to think about who you are. I mean that. Not who you think you should be, not who you'd like to project yourself as. I mean, we live in a world today that wants to project themselves as invincible, right? I'm strong, I'm smart, I'm capable, I'm successful. And we kind of pretend that if we say all those things out loud, we're going to be those things, right? But who are you and I really? We're men, we're women, boys and girls. We have huge limitations. I mean, you get to be older than me, and you realize how much you're fading. I'm not there yet. Fading. Doesn't take very long. You know, it wasn't that long ago that I still had muscles. I, I don't know what happened to them. Jeez, there was a day when I was like, yeah, not now. Anyway, I won't digress too far on that. Just the joy of old age. But that's not, even, that's not even the problem. I mean, are we dying gradually? All of us. But again, look at who you are and, and say, I'm going to make myself successful when you know you're not. Say, I'm going to control my future when you know you don't. Say, <clears throat> I'm going to die and it's going to be no big deal when you know it is. Look at yourself, look at your limitations, look at your needs, 
And then think about the fact that God made a body for his son, God to become flesh. Then it says, and I love this, it's just going to add depth to this. It says, after saying above, sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you've not desired, nor have you taken pleasure in them which are offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will. And he takes away the first in order to establish the second. And he's telling us, look, man, even though it's hopeless the way it used to be, even though it was limited the way it used to be, it's not limited now. And it's not hopeless now. He says, Christ says, I have come to do the will of God. I have come to carry out God's purpose. What is God's purpose for us? To save us. God's purpose is to give us life. God's purpose is to forgive us. God's purpose is to love us. God's purpose is to make us part of his family, to make us part of his kingdom, to give us victory over death. I mean, God's purpose is so good. It's so much better than any of our purposes. Man, we have these great purposes. We're going to do this and work this long, and we're going to retire, and we're going to buy a boat, we're going to buy a camper, we're going to move to this country, or we're going to whatever. Shoot, by the time you get there, you're going to be too tired to do it all anyway. Who cares? That's a cheap purpose to gather all the things of this world that you can't hold on to anyway when you don't know when you're going to die or how and leave it all to somebody else. That's your purpose. Woo, that's a good one. Full of hope. Or God's purpose, it says, I'm going to care for you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to give you substance in your life to be about and to serve me. And I'm going to carry you through until the day I come for you. And then where I am, there you will be also. That's what he did with faith the other day. And that's what it says in the Bible. Jesus says, let's see, let's see if I can get this. I've known these scriptures for years and now I can't even say them. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus said. In my Father's house are many dwelling places, and if it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. He came for that precious woman the other day. Hallelujah. And now she's with him. And now she's not hurting. And now she's not sick. And now she's not feeble. And now she's not afraid. And now she's alive like she's never been alive before. That's God's purpose for us. Jesus came to do God's will, which was to save us and forgive us that we might have life with him. And then verse 10 says, by this will, by God's will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Man, I love that. Once for all? Are you kidding me? He came to do God's will, and when he offered his body as a sacrifice for our sins, he did it once for every single one of us, and I don't care your background, and I don't care how wretched you've been. I've had men tell me, man, I'm too wicked for God to save, and I said, you might be wicked, but one sacrifice for all sins means he died for you too, and honestly, who's more wicked than the other? We walk around here as if somebody's more wicked than we are. But that's not true. Is it really true? Man, we have hate in our heart. We have bitterness in our heart. We have unforgiveness in our heart. We have resentment in our heart. We have pride in our heart. And we want to say somebody else more wicked than us. 
Come on. If something wasn't keeping us back, we'd be just as wicked as everybody else around us, even in the outside, right? But he says, man, once and for all, Jesus Christ offered his body that he would sanctify, set apart all who would believe in him as his. And, and I'm thankful I'm not near as emotional as I was earlier. Because this is about the place where I just went. I so marvel. I still marvel. I would marvel that he would make me his. I'm blown away that he would make me his. I mean, there's some times where I don't know what to say. There's some times where when I'm sitting with guys and they're, they, they couldn't care less about Jesus and they couldn't care less about the hope in him. And There's just some times where I'm like, if you could just let my heart explode and hear all that my thoughts are, man, maybe you'd let your guard down. Maybe you'd let your pride down. Maybe you'd give up this resentment that you have toward God for whatever reason you have it. And maybe you'd see the beauty and the depth of God's love and you would come to know him. Like, I have come to know him. And I'm not special because I'm some pastor. That's ridiculous. Man, when Christ saved me and and spared me, I wasn't anything. I was nothing but a screwed up mess. Anybody like that here this morning? Oh, I know we all look pretty good. Pretty good. Some of you look pretty. Some of you look good. Some of you... (laughs) Anyway... Screwed up messes in anybody around us. He died for us. Now listen, it gets sweeter. Every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But he having offered one sacrifice for sins for all, sat down at the right hand of God waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. Now here's the thing. The priests were commanded to stand and sacrifice They were commanded to stand because the sacrifices never ended for them. This guy had to offer sacrifice for his sins. Next guy had to offer sacrifice for his sins. Next guy had to offer sacrifice for his sins. Next year, the high priest would have to go in and offer sacrifice for the people's sins that he just never stopped. Their work was never done because those sacrifices were never enough. Just like you and I trying to be a good person, you and I trying to make ourselves better, you and I trying to do this when... The whole time we just fall short again and again. But it says of Christ, it says, He having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God. They offered multiplied sins. We do multiplied good works. But when Jesus offered himself on that cross, that one sacrifice was enough. There was no more sacrifices needed He didn't have to keep standing. He sat down at the right hand of God, and it was finished. And that's what he said on the cross. On the cross, right before he died, they gave him some sour wine. They put it to his mouth, put it to his lips, and then he said, it is finished. Into your hands I commit my spirit. And then he died, the Bible says. All the work that needed to be done for you and I to be saved has been done. It's finished. He sat down. That doesn't mean he's not 
taking care of us. It doesn't mean he's not interceding for us. It doesn't mean he's not keeping us. But everything that needed to be done is done. There is no more sacrifice needed. And now all he's doing is waiting for God to put all of his enemies under his feet to subdue them fully, which he's going to do one of these days. I mean, one of these days, right? Every person in opposition to God, every person in opposition to God's free grace, his salvation, every single person that rejects the living Savior is going to come under subjection and judgment to the living God. Man, that doesn't, that doesn't please me either. I mean, I got to tell you, when I'm out <laughs> and when I'm talking to people, there's some people that, man, they kind of hate my guts. You ever notice that? If you're really going to talk about Jesus, if you're going to stand for Jesus, there's some people that are going to hate your guts. And you know, there's still a little part of me in there that just wants to go, all right, let's go. Let's fight. Let's argue. Let me, you're going to be proud. Let me be proud. You might whip my rear, but we're still going to fight. You guys ever have those days? You probably don't. I know. I know. You know me. I hope you know me. I wish I wasn't that way. And I have to pray to make myself better. But man, doggone it. It frustrates me that people are so arrogant against my Savior. It does. It hurts me. Arrogant people are hopeless people, though. Arrogant people are foolish people. Arrogant people most of the time are dead people. They don't have hope. And so, man, when I begin to think about it the right way, and I sit next to somebody or talk to somebody who wants to ridicule me for being a Christian or mock my Savior or reject God, what I end up doing, quite honestly, is praying for them about 10 times more than I pray for other people. Because that's really the last thing I would want for anybody is to have to be judged by the living God. Just a little further in this very chapter here, it says it's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It certainly is. And so Jesus is literally working on behalf of those who have been sanctified and waiting for those who have rejected him to one day come under subjection fully to him. And when that's done, he's going to remake this world and all sin is going to be gone. But listen to what it says in verse 14. It says, for by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And this verse, it's so incredible to me. Let me read it again. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. By one offering him on the cross, Jesus Christ, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. That stuff, how much more humbling could it be? I mean, I'm not afraid to confess even to you if you want to know. Come ask me. What have you done? What sins have you committed? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. 
But I'm ashamed of them. And you would be ashamed of them if I told you. And I'm just standing up here. I'm not standing up here trying to tell you that any way in my life, in anything I've done in my life, I've done something so good that my God would forgive me and accept me. I'm telling you the opposite. What I'm telling you is, is that by that one sacrifice, he has perfected for all time those who have been sanctified. So I'm telling you that my Savior has perfected me. Not me, but him. And man, that's the most incredible thing I've ever seen or heard or experienced in my life. And I'm not ashamed of Jesus. And I'm not sorry I stand for him. And I'm, not star- I'm not sorry I preach his word. And I'm never going to back down or shut up. I could care less whether people love him or not. Because that's my savior. And that's my king. And he's so good to me. And he's forgiven me of so much. The man, every time we get close to talking about the cross and every time we get close to, to Easter celebration, man, I get excited. I'm so excited about coming on Easter Sunday. I'm already excited. I can remember years ago, back when Beth and I only had one car, and man, Easter Sunday would come and I'd get up super early because we'd start church super early and I'd have to walk through the dark, you know, down to the church and get ready and I'd be singing out loud. I'm just walking through the streets of that little town we lived in singing. People would have thought I was crazy. I mean, I couldn't care less because my God has perfected me. He's perfected me, this wretched man, this broken man, this little man, this man who's nothing and will never have anything and never know anything and never be anything apart from Christ. He has perfected me. And he's the only one that could have. And I am going to worship him. Let me just throw in a little thing here. Because I've heard several people tell me, our first service on Easter starts at 7.30. And people have said to me, 7.30? Don't say that to me. Don't say that to me. Get up. Good grief. It's Jesus. Show up. Get out of bed. If you need help, I'll come get you. I'll be here by 5. So if you want to come with me, let's get ready together. How about that? Because you and I, man, we ought to be thankful people. And I'm not talking again theory. Man, do you not know the depth of what it means to stand next to a precious woman that you love and know she is in the last days of her life and know that she's going to be well as soon as she passes this world? That's not theory to me. That's power to me. That's hope to me. That's assurance to me. That's hallelujah to me. And I'm thankful, not just for Faye alone, but for you and for me, perfecting us completely in God's eyes. And then he closes and he says, the Holy Spirit testifies to us, for after saying, this is the covenant that I'll make with them, after those days, says the Lord, I'll put my laws in their hearts, and on their mind I'll write them. And then he says, and their sins and their, their lawless deeds I will remember no more. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. That's what Jeremiah said. 
God, through, God said through Jeremiah that God was going to make a new covenant with his people, even though they had screwed up and were under his judgment. Jeremiah said, there's going to be a day when I'm going to bring a new covenant, and I'm going to write the laws on the inside. That means I'm going to wash them out, and they're going to know me, and they're going to walk with me, and I'm going to remember their sins and their iniquities no more. There's not going to be a problem between us and him. And then he says, now where there is forgiveness of these things, there's no longer any offering for sin. There's no longer any offering for sin because when there's full forgiveness like Christ has offered, you don't need anything else. You just need Jesus. So I'm just going to ask you, have you been washed in the blood of Jesus? Truly. I mean, have you been made perfect through the offering of Christ's life on the cross on your behalf. And all that means is, have you trusted Jesus? Have you actually said to him, Lord, I am a sinner. I am. And I'm sorry for my sins, but I'm amazed that you would love me and you would give yourself for me. And because you love me and you've given yourself for me, Lord, I'm asking you, I'm trusting you to forgive me and to make me your child, make me your son or your daughter. Have you done that? Because that's what it takes. You're never going to be good enough on your own. You can try, but you've already failed because you've already sinned. So instead, why keep trying? Why not say, Lord, thanks for loving me. Come forgive me. Come make me yours. I'm going to love you back. Let's pray. Father, I love you. I do. Thank you for your love. And Lord, I'm amazed at Christ. I'm amazed at the cross. I'm amazed at the sacrifice for our sins. You gave your life the greatest value, God, in the form of a man, for the sins of the world, and it was sufficient. Now I pray, Lord, for those who don't know you, that they would trust in you, in what you've done for them, that they would recognize your love and live for you. And I pray, Lord, that those of us that know you, that we'd be just exalting you and worshiping you and praising you day after day after day after day. And forgive us when we don't. Lord, you're good. And I give you praise. Move in our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our pastors are going to be down front. If you'd like to come and talk with us or pray with us or ask questions, we'd be glad to, to talk with you. Let's stand. Let's pray. Or let's sing. If you're troubled, heavy-hearted, come to Jesus and find your peace. If you're run down, empty-handed, come to Jesus and find your strength. He is Rest for the weary, help for the hurt.
thankful for the gospel, the good news of Christ that overcomes our sins and overcomes our trials and our heartache and gives us hope and life, secure and faithful. Lord, I pray again that those that don't know you would come to know you today. And for those of us that do know you, I pray you'll help us take you into this world wherever we go and share you with people in need. And Lord, may you bless each one of us, bless every single one of us from the oldest to the youngest and all in between, fill us with your presence and your love and your grace and your goodness, and we'll give you thanks, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.